all the saints said? As we uh, come this morning, thank you, Eddie. As we come this morning, I um, <clears throat> want to deal with something that this is what life is all about. This is what life is all about. Uh, let's bow in prayer. Father God, leading God us in our time together. Thank you for our time. Help me now to clearly share, clearly articulate the things that you've laid on my heart. I'll leave the um, personal things you'll be dealing with the lives. But thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, um, I have this little thing here. And the reason I have it, <coughs> I think we need internet clicking again. Uh, so the reason I have it is that we're talking about dropping the baton. As we think about that, you know, all the things that God requires us, uh, of us, and he tells us it's in your hand, you run the race, and you know how the, the relay race is, that one person holds it forward, Another person grabs it. All of the practicing, all of those moments, all of the tension, and the game relies on whether you hold the baton. And I think that is so critical, so critical. So that as we go this morning, and kind of bear with us because we're going to have some some challenges there. We have 2 Timothy 2, 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. See what's going on? He says, what you heard from me, now I'm, going, I'm, leaving, I'm putting the baton into your hands and I tell you, when, it, when I put it into your hands, I'm entrusting this, this thing to you. And I think that is so important, so key, as we look at this thing. Then we come up to um, our introduction. There are some, there are so, so many uh, challenges uh, and opportunities embedded in life. And along with them are the pressures to get it right. But things go wrong. Dropping the baton happens on what type of day? All the things that you plan and everything, all of a sudden, somebody's supposed to pick up this. Or that's, all of a sudden, someone drops the baton. It really hurts when you're the one who drops it. Defining the term. It is, a, it is the act of missing a given privilege and opportunity to pass or receive a responsibility in passing it forward patterns and principles in life that have an eternal impact. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning, dropping the baton, it is, is a good or a bad situation? Let me, 
Say it again. See, because we're more prone to say it's bad. Um, and it looks like it's bad. But sometimes God sets us up so that when we do drop the baton, when you finally pick it up, everybody is blessed. So then, it's not what you have in your hand, it's what you have in your heart. But dropping the baton, the, the, the whole principle of it, I mean, the first thing, the first idea when the whole the thing, the stigma to it that we have placed on it is very unique. Thinking through, there are many areas in our life where we have been and will be giving, uh, given the baton. The baton of, uh, number one, work with this, spiritual fellowship with God. Next, relationship, personal, social, etc. Finances, physical challenges, health, responsibilities. Uh, genuine time-sensitive opportunities. Time. You, you, you give, you're given all of this. Choices. The Word of God does not hesitate in revealing many of its chosen men who dropped the baton. I think it's important as we look at this again. You have that. Let's take it back. Put it back up there. Uh, uh, let's, let's push it up button. And now uh, what happens on this is that we... Um, when we talk about this whole idea of spiritual fellowship with God, relationships with personal, social, finances, physical challenges, have you dropped the baton this week? The Lord says, study to show thyself approval to God. So everybody this week did some studying, right? No. Oh, okay. Because something else came up. And God, I know what God said. Angels obey him. Everything. I know what God said, but I, I dropped the baton. And I, and I think that that is so important. And so what God is trying to tell us in this whole process is that we, uh, let's take the next one, uh, Liz. As we uh, go through this, <clears throat> Moses striking the rock instead of speaking to it. David sinned against Uriah, his servant. Peter shrinking back and de de denied Christ three times. Did these guys drop the baton? Every one of them. Did God say at that time, I don't want you to be around anymore? Did God say, you're so dumb. You're so clumsy. You know what God, God's approach to us? It's always a kind word. Even when you know you messed up. God comes to you with a sense of kindness. When you messed up your life and when you dropped the baton all through life, God has been telling you and telling you. And then when you try to do it on your own without the Lord, you find yourself dropping it. <coughs> the Lord tells you to forgive. And you forgive on conditions. The Lord says, let it go. And you tuck it in your back pocket and you still got it with you. Every time. And it seems like you think that the Lord would hurl down a, a thunderbolt and boom. Didn't I tell you? But when he saved you, he knows how many times you are going to drop that baton. Every time. 
And he knows all of you who will um, get discouraged and blame him for the whole thing. Let's take uh, Elizabeth. Our outline. God has given us, each of us, a baton that we are to receive, maintain, and pass it on. There are three things we need to pay close attention to in addressing this subject. One, why is this so important? Two, what if it has been dropped? And three, what should be done to make it right? Why is it important? What if I drop it, and how do I straighten this thing out? Because what happens is, a lot of saints, what happens when things happen in their lives, they say, well, I failed God, and they give up. But God knew you would fail. He knew you would blow it. You'll blow it. He saved you. To be, he saves you to be in a righteous situation knowing that you have a battle with the flesh for the rest of your life. You're going to disappoint people, make the wrong decisions. Uh, whatever you do, don't ever think God loves you less. You have the wrong idea of what love is. So moving on, let's look at it. Why is this so important? So as we move forward then and say, why is this so important? Then Deuteronomy 6, 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 6.8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Does this seem like a pattern here? Remember, and I'll say this again. You're going to hear me say it over and over again. There's, wherever there's a pattern, there must be a principle. So whenever God gives you a pattern, listen to the principle that's going to follow behind it. You never have a principle given without a pattern set. That's why it says, be kind, tender, hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. The pattern, kind, tender, hearted, here's, here's the principle, because God has forgiven you on the same level. The principle, the word of God, the personal responsibility, the pattern of training. Teach, talk to them in every situation. Bind them on your hands. Position them as frontless between your eyes. Write them on the doorposts and gates. Now you see what he's saying here? The principle is God, the word of God. The personal responsibility and the pattern is the pattern of training. He says, I want you to teach. I want you to bind. I want you to position. I want you to write. He says, in our day and age, either you're doing it to your children or somebody else is doing it. Somebody is writing down patterns that either you or your children are following. Be careful. Be careful in this area. Next. The Israelites dropped the baton and there were generations who grew up not knowing God. When the Israelites dropped the baton, other nations were deprived of the privilege and experience of getting to know God. America has dropped the baton. 
We are coming up now with a generation that does not know God. When you have a generation that does not know God, then they're going to act out of their based emotions and everything else. Kids will not hesitate to kill you and think nothing of it. And when you tell them that you're wrong, they don't know wrong by what. Because here's when, the, when a nation drops the baton, and we're saying, under God we trust, but it's only on the coins. While they're taking our leadership to jail for swindling and everything else. Trouble. And so, notice what Paul wrote in his letter to Timothy. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to what? Faithful men, not just faithful men. A person who will grab the baton. The person who is, know that they're in the race and they're not in it for themselves. There are no long rangers. We're in it together. And who will be able to do what? Teach others what they learn from you. They'll teach others. Make sure you teach them how to bake the cake right. Or you have little monsters from that point on. Because you were the teacher. The teacher. Um, two. What if it has been dropped? What if I drop it? What... All of a sudden, in the midst of the, of the race, I, I tried to do the right thing, but the pressure and everything else got me to the point of dropping it. It, it happens with uh, children. It happens with adults. We train our children, don't do this, don't do this, do this. And all of a sudden, while they're at the dinner table, there should be certain type of uh, manners. And in their haste, they knock over uh, the water or juice, whatever else you have there on the table. And when, they, and when they drop the ball, because they were not doing it right, what do you do? Do you scream at them? Didn't I tell you the glass should be here? But no, you put it there. The child said, you know, I don't want to eat anymore. Because when I drop the ball, I'm not going to get encouragement. You're going to tell me what I didn't do, and, that's, and I know I didn't do it. I feel bad about that. What, remember I told you four things that people really require. Acknowledgement, affection, approval, and attention. What is it? Acknowledgement, affection, approval, and attention. People need that in their lives. And when, you, when a person drops the ball, don't dwell on what they did. They know what they did. Go to where they are. And so, as we say, what if I drop it? When we're talking about when you drop it, then David dropped the baton with his kingdom was hanging by, and his kingdom was hanging by a thread. His fellowship with God was broken. He had to put on, uh, uh, put on hold the songs of worship and praise. He lost his peace and became a miserable king. 
He lost precious time, about, about a year, not being able to move forward. The significance of this baton was it encompassed the spiritual and physical aspect of his life. David was miserable for one whole year. He knew that he dropped the baton. He knew where he was in, in the Lord years before. And remember, playing the harp and everything else before the Lord, loving God, making up the songs. Even Saul was jealous of him. One time threw um, a javelin at him to kill him. David was the king. Saul killed his thousand, and David killed his what? Ten thousand. But because of Uriah's wife, on an ordinary day, when he should have looked away, he looked. And not only did he look, he lust. And when he lust, then he left God out. See, he didn't leave God out when he had the relationship with the, with the, the uh, to his wife. No. He left God out when he stood there long enough not to keep his eyes on God. That's where it from. Every problem, you hear me saying this every again, over and over again, every problem in our life and in relationships do not start with what a person does to you. Every problem starts in the spiritual realm. And a person has messed up in the spiritual realm, and now it begins to uh, define itself on, in the physical realm. Every time. Every time. Every time. Peter, when he denied Christ and did not have a chance to ask for forgiveness, he was devastated. After all his boasts of being willing to die for Christ was compromised by the fear that gripped him, causing him to curse and swear that he never knew the Christ that he loved. Remember, this is, this is the guy that was really willing to really die for Christ. But when the pressure came, he dropped the baton. When the pressure came, he thought about himself instead of God. And let me tell you something. Whenever you start thinking about yourself in any given situation, it is not love. I'll say it again. Whenever you start thinking more about yourself in any given situation, it's not love. The love that God gives us is the type of love that regardless of what we do, he'll love us and love us and love us and love us. Look at Psalms, when you look at Psalms 73, I think in the 73, when he talks about the many times that they just put God through stuff over and over. They, they tried the God of Israel. They put him over and over and over, putting the, but God still loved Israel. At one point he says, I will not let you go. That's commitment. And so when we talk about this, dropping baton is never an accident but the results of living a life without having the Lord in his, and should be in his proper place in our life. Every physical problem can be traced back to the spiritual realm in our life. 
So as we go further then, number three, what will it take to make it right? What, I, what do I do to make this thing right? John 21, 15, when they had finished uh, breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, John do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. As we hold on to that just for a moment, take it back. When we look at this, uh, I've been holding this in for a long time. And I want to just kind of share it at the uh, marriage retreat, but I think that um, just in case that doesn't happen, when we start holding our hands and say, I love you. <laughs> and so I said, what type of love are you talking about? You see, here's a, here's a picture, stay with me. There, there are four types of love. Everybody with me? The first one is what they call, um, let's start off with, in any order, phileo, like Philadelphia. It means brotherly love. I phileo you. Okay. Will you always phileo me? Well, if you mess up on me, I, you won't, I will not phileo you. Then, there's, then there's the next one is storge. What is it? Storge. What is it? Not the sound out there, but in here. What is it? Storge. Storge is the love that a mother has for a child. It's that type of love that uh, almost like a paternal love, the storge love, a family love, a love in a family setting. It's so critical. That type of love is so critical. Storge love. Then you have eros. What is it? Eros or eros type of love. The eros type of love is where you find between a husband and wife because it has the emotional, uh, the different level of emotional intent and whatever. So when you, when you, so when you talk about the love of the husband and wife, uh, you do not eros your children. See, it's an eros that goes between the husband and wife. Now we have agape. Agapeo is the verb, agape is the noun. Agape love sets over here while these three sets over here. Let me explain. Whenever you have this type of love without agape, because agape puts it all in the fence. It's, I mean, all of the others fall within this so that when all of this falls in the, in the inner circle, then love believes all things and hope all things. See, in relationship. So I can phileo you and, and I forgive you as a friend. And I, you, you can never wear that out because I agape you. 
But when you take Gape out, then it's always me. I'm not satisfied in this marriage, and I'm not satisfied with this, and I'm so bent out of shape with this. that Then they say, I have agape love. No, 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 no. Who, what type of love are you talking about? When you say, I love you, what in the world are you talking about? If you're talking about agape, it encompasses all of those. And if you ever mess up on me, I'll always love you. I made it very clear to each one of my children. And I said face to face to let them know. I want you to understand one thing. Regardless of what you do, I will always love you. In some areas that has been tested. And there's a lot of things they think I don't know. I know. But it doesn't affect my love. And I don't have to put their business out in the street. I love them. So then I want to ask you, do you love someone on that level? But Peter was saying, the Lord was saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me with all of these things? I mean, do you love me? And he says, outside of agape, Lord, I phileo you. You know what he did with that phileo love? He cursed and sweared I never knew him. It's amazing what you do outside of the circle. Whether it's eros, pornography. You, you do things outside of the circle and things get messed up. You do things like that and all of a sudden you drop the baton. And we say, and the wife would say, do you love me? He said, didn't I say that when we got married? I need to hear that every day. Every day? Oh, man. So you make a recording, and you push the record. I love you. Every day. Is that enough? No. You know why? Because you're trying to do it your way and not God's way. And we are to love one another. What? Astorje? Phileo? No. Agape which will take in all of those and always keep it at the right place. What I do when I drop the ball? And so at that point, restoration, the process is remembering, repenting, renewal, restarting, being more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens us. God is faithful. It is not his desire to leave us in an unproductive state of defeat. I, I think that's important for us to understand. He's faithful. He will not lead, leave us in an unproductive state of defeat. God is able to do just that. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what has happened in your life, God is God who's always faithful. He loved us, look at this now, even before man sinned against him. He says Christ, he was crucified before the foundation of the world. He was slain before the foundation of the world. That's love. And if you're not there yet, you don't have to look for it. You just need to unpackage it. Do you know, it said to me, I don't have to look for it. 
I just need to unpackage it. Because you see, we know that we are passed from death into life because we what? Love the brethren. You hurt my feelings. I'm disappointed in you and all those other things. But I will never reject you as a person and stop loving you. That's a commitment. Agape is always giving. Always. The others is what's in it for me. Get bent out of shape and you shut things down and don't want to talk and all of these other things. And the Holy Spirit starts working on it and says, no, 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 no. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. It didn't say just like God. It said just as God. When, when you look at uh, John, the, furnish, uh, uh, the 17th chapter, I think it's almost the, the last verse almost. And it, it talks about the fact that it says, Father, with the same love love me with, I want you, this is Don Racket, I want you to love them with. I want them to share in the same type of love. He said, Lord, I'm bringing them into the circle of agape and the same type of love that we share, I want to be triangular now. And I want to be in the love of God. So that whenever I mess up, then the Lord says, confess it. Why? Because he's faithful and just to do what? Forgive of your sins. And do what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So with, with that said, and we appreciate Elizabeth kind of hanging in there with me. One last thing. Let's read it together. Holding on to the baton will guarantee that all that God has purposed for your life will come to fruition and will establish a level of success that will glorify God impact others, and give you a great sense of satisfaction reserved for overcomers. All of us are overcomers who know Christ. Matter of fact, the Lord says we are more than conquerors to him that love us. Then tell me, why are believers being bent out of shape? Because you permitted Satan to get a hold of your mind and tell you God doesn't love you like that. So he never told me that. Okay, then he told, told you this. I don't know whether I can love like that. And the Lord says, that's a lie too. If you can't love like that, you're not my child. Because I have brought you into the inner circle and, and God the Father and, and I, I love you with an intense love that is totally committed. I would love you to, uh, to uh, praise me and I would love you to do all these things. But if you don't do it, it will never stop my love for you. You know what you can do? That's why it's easy to trust the Lord. Because he'll never change. Aren't you glad about that? I can trust the Lord because he's a changeless God. In the classroom, they call it immutable. He will not change. So my prayer for you this morning is to be just that, that if you have dropped the baton in your walk with God, in your relationship with others, 
in your thought life, wherever you are, if you have dropped that baton, then what God is saying is, pick it up. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly more than what we can even ask or think. It doesn't say that you are a failure. It just simply said you dropped the baton. The, the guy's running the race. He drops the baton. He drops the baton and then walk off the track. Oh, man, I messed up. And the guy would say, get back in there and finish. At least hand it to somebody else. Don't be so selfish. Quit acting like a child. Because when I was a child, you know, I, I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. You know how children are? They're selfish. They want their way. They throw all type of tamperings and everything else. But when I become grown, that's when things really start coming together. And I began to understand that the baton, when I pass it forward, I'll pass it forward with a learning experience. I have had failures, and I have, but I've learned to trust the Lord through the whole thing. And now I'm able to pass it on to the next person in my life that God had put in my life for a purpose. If all you have following you are people who act like you, and that's it? Is that what your life defined by? That's why when I think about it, just talk about closing. That's why I think about those who do not know Christ. They do not have the agape love, the spiritual aspect where God is in control of their lives. So they're driven by the flesh. They're driven by the things that, um, that pleases them. And after a while, people will start, whatever you, that, uh, you're holding on to will start holding on to you and will start defining you. And people will say, this person is a, or this person is a, don't trust this person because that person is a liar. This person is a, because you see, don't give them anything because they're going to drop it. And they start treating you by how you're thinking. But when you think about the fact that we are the whole, remember the word Nike? When we as unbelievers, as believers, know the word Nike, which means in Greek, victory. We stand in victory all the time. It's the idea of living it out. As we close this morning, maybe, maybe you dropped a baton somewhere. And if you've been beating yourself up, stop it. The only reason that the Holy Spirit convicts you is to bring you back to where you should be. So quit talking about what happened yesterday. Just what are you going to do today and anticipate what God is going to do even tomorrow. Anyone else, Father Patan, did you, did you drop it at one time? And I'm not talking about when you were with uh, a, a little baby either. I mean, are you, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in, no telling. If I start listening, they say, oh, he didn't say that, so I'm not going to stand or whatever case it be. But you know, the Holy Spirit is telling you where you dropped it. 
And all he's telling you now is, pick it up. You're still in the race. There are others at the line or the, along the line that you need to pass it on. Pick it up. And those of you who are not in race, who's not in race? Those who do not know Christ as Savior. The fact that he died for your sins and you are accepting what he has done on the cross of Calvary. You dropped the baton because you won't accept all that God wants to give you. So you have to go on and get what God is going to lay on Satan. He never intended man to uh, go into the lake of fire. Only Satan. He gave you a gift. Don't drop the baton and not receive it. Don't blame God because what folks are doing in the church. This is between you and God. So as we close in prayer, I'd like to pray for you too. I'm not asking you to join anything. I'm asking you to keep it real with God. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, thank you for the saints who are standing. Our time together. The opportunity to share. And help us, Lord, to understand the importance of this. Help us, Lord, to know that um, there are times when we probably will drop the baton and you anticipated that so first john 1 9 says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness thank you lord we don't deliberately drop it but when we do we can look to you and we're blessed so thank you for the saints thank you for the word Thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.